I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter two of New Moon, titled Stitches, which is just an inspired title. She's really slacking with the titles in this book so far. First one, party. Second one, stitches. Like, okay, nice and simple. But before we get into it, I just want to give a quick plug for the Patreon. I've been releasing some bonus episodes over at patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. There's an exclusive feed where we're recapping 365 days, which is Blanka Lipinska's erotic Polish mafia sex novel. It's Fifty Shades fanfic turned worse and more graphic. So just to give you a quick tease, essentially there's this mafia boss called Massimo who a few years ago got shot in the head or something, went into a coma. He had this vision of of a girl who he calls his angel. And then he's like become sexually obsessed with this person from his vision. But you know, we all have a coping mechanism for, for trauma. But then he's just at the airport in Sicily and he sees this chick and he's like, oh my God, that's my angel. And it's this girl called Laura from Poland who apparently looks exactly like this girl from his freaking vision. So what does he do? He kidnaps her. (laughs) He doesn't come up to her and say, hey, how's it going? Crazy story. You look exactly like this vision I've had. He said, nope, I'm going to kidnap you. And he says to her, you've got 365 days to fall in love with me. And if you don't fall in love with me by then, then you can go home. And she's like, what? And that's all I've gotten up to so far. But I mean, isn't that just the dumbest plot you've ever heard? Speaking of dumb plots, let's get into chapter two of New Moon. So it's Stitches. So if you'll recall last week, it was Bella's birthday and they had a party for her. And because she's such a klutz, she got a paper cut and Jasper went, that smells nice. I might just try and try and kill you. So it all went to shit. And she tells us Carlisle was the only one who stayed calm. And Carlisle says, Emmett, Rose, get Jasper outside. And so they're like, okay. And they drag Jasper out and Jasper's still going nutso. And Bella narrates, Edward's face was whiter than bone, which I mean, he's always as white as bone. He doesn't have blood pumping underneath that skin. He's always pretty white and he's crouched in a defensive position and she can tell that he's not breathing. And well, yeah, because he's a vampire, they don't need to breathe. He just breathes for show at school. And she's like, he's not breathing. That must be some sort of situation. And it's so he doesn't smell her blood, which yeah, makes sense. Why would he be breathing? 
I think I said that during Twilight when, remember in class, he'd always be like, oh, like <laughs> you can see Robert Pattinson, like scrunching his face and pinching his nose because Bella stinks so much. And I'm like, yeah, stop breathing. You don't have to pinch your nose and cover your mouth. Just stop breathing. You don't need to breathe. You do it for fun. So he stopped breathing. And Rosalie looks smug. And Esme's heart-shaped face was ashamed. Now, I hate this. I, I feel like I remember when I read this 10 years ago, I was like, why is Esme always heart-shaped? Why is her face so heart-shaped? What's a, what's a heart-shaped face? Like, what, what is that? Is that a thing? And she says, oh, I'm so sorry, Bella. And I'm thinking Bella should be apologizing to you. She's the one that got blood on your rug. <laughs> oh, and so Edward must have been like in a full defensive position, even against Carlisle. Because Carlisle's like, hey, let me through, Edward. And then a second passes and Edward nods slowly and relaxes. And I was like, yeah, let the doctor through, Edward. And so Carlisle tells us that there's a lot of glass in her wound. So he rips off some tablecloth and forms a tourniquet above her elbow. And she says, the smell of blood was making me dizzy. Because remember, she can smell blood. That's a totally normal thing that she can do. And Carlisle says, hey, do you want me to drive you to the hospital? Or are you happy for me to just sort it out here? And she says, here, please, because... If she went to hospital, there'd be no way to keep it from Charlie. And I'm thinking, you should maybe tell your dad that you've got stitches in your arm. That's kind of the thing you should tell your parent and guardian. Like, mm. And Carla's like, how you doing, Bella? And she says, I'm fine. No, fine. You're not fine. Like, it's okay to tell the truth from time to time, Bella. You're not fine. No, baby, you're not fine. <laughs> What's that off? That's off something. No, baby, you're not good. You're not good. <laughs> what is that off? You're not good and it's okay. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm gonna find the clip. I'm gonna pop it in right here if I remember. You good? No, you're not. You're not, baby, and it's okay. You're not good and it's okay. You don't need to be good all the time. It's okay to not be good. So she's not good, but she's saying she's fine. And Carlisle starts going to work on her, I don't know, her arm with all the glass in it. And Edward's still not breathing. And she goes, oh, just go, Edward. And she tells us that, oh, the intensity of the thirst that he's fighting. It's so much worse for him than the others because he just is obsessed with the smell of her blood, remember? And she says, you don't need to be a hero. And he says, I'll stay. And Carlisle's just had enough of the back and forth. It's like a couple that won't hang up on the phone. Carlisle was like, hey, you know what, Edward? You may as well go and talk to Jasper. He'd probably be pretty upset with himself and he'll only listen to you right now. And Bella's like, yeah, 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 go talk to Jasper. So Carlisle was like, I've had enough of this. Fuck off. So Edward gaps out of there and she just tells us that there's, you know, a dead, dull, tugging feeling in her arm, which is a bit gross. And then finally, Alice gives up. She's like, can't handle the smell any longer. And she runs out and Bella sighs and says, well, that's everyone. I can clear a room at least. Bella, it's not about you. As much as it's about you, it's not about you. They're vampires. Like, get over yourself. And Bella's impressed with Carlisle because he doesn't even seem phased. And she's like, well, how can you do this? And he's like, yeah, years and years of practice. I barely notice the scent anymore. And then he flashes a brilliant smile in her direction. And this is like the third time in the chapter that something's been described as brilliant. The light from the desk lamp that he's using was described as brilliant. I'm sure his hair was described as a brilliant blonde. Like she loves the word brilliant, our Steph does. And so she asks him what he likes about being a doctor. And he's like, that I get to save people. And yeah, I guess that is probably the most common answer for why someone wants to be a doctor, to help others. And she's like, wow. (laughs) And he says he's able to use his enhanced abilities to like 
diagnose sicknesses and stuff. Which, okay, I don't know. Surely your talents are wasted at the Forks Hospital then, right? Maybe go up the road to Seattle, Grace. Somewhere busier, where you can save more lives. I mean, I guess it's all dependent on the weather, isn't it? (laughs) Because let's not forget, when there's a sunny day, he just abandons his patients. So Bella says, you try very hard to make up for something that was never your fault. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm making up for anything. Like everything in life, I just had to decide what to do with what I was given. And I was like, mm, Steph, you're sort of plagiarizing Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring here. <laughs> Remember that little speech Gandalf gives? So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. I think Steph was sort of riffing on that there with Carlisle's little quote. So as he's stitching her up, she's like, well, what about in the beginning? Why did you even try to lead a different life? And so he just fucking rehashes the whole story that Edward told us last book about how he's the son of a preacher man because his father was a clergyman. And even though he doubted his father's version of faith, he never doubted that there was a God that existed in some form or other, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, huh, didn't think we'd be discussing religion. She says, my own life was fairly devoid of belief. And Carlisle says, I'm sure all this sounds a little bizarre coming from a vampire, but I'm hoping there is still a point to this life, even for us. It's a long shot, but I hope that we'll get some measure of credit for trying. Mm. Like, is it just me or is this a really boring chapter? (laughs) So boring. And of course, she can't picture any type of heaven that wouldn't have Edward in it. So she agrees with him. And he's like, you're the first person to agree with me. And she's like, what? And Carlisle's like, yeah, Edward believes in heaven and hell, but not an afterlife for our kind. And I was like, yeah, because you're undead. How are you going to die? I don't care. This is such a boring chapter. So Carlisle clarifies that, yes, Edward thinks they've lost their souls. Okay, great. But of course, she's freaking out about it. And she's like, oh, that must be why Edward doesn't want to turn me into a vampire because he's worried about my soul. Like, yeah. And Bella gets all stubborn and she's like, well, it's my choice. And Carlisle's like, "Mm, it's kind of his choice too, sweetie. I mean, like he would be the one doing it to you. And it's so exhausting. Like I'm on Bella's side, just fucking turn her into a vampire already. But since I know that's not going to happen in book four, I'm really dreading having to dredge it all up again throughout this book, through chapter three, through chapter four, like far out, just beating a dead horse here. And Bella's like, he's not the only one able to do it, you know? And Carlisle's like, nope, not doing that. Not having this convo. Talk it out amongst yourselves. Oh, and then Carlisle thinks like, oh, was I right to do what I did to turn the others, to doom them to this life? Oh, I am so bored by this chapter. And so then he says it was Edward's mother that made up his mind about turning Edward. And Bella's like, what? A full on chat. The stitches are finished, by the way. Maybe get her a cup of juice and a lie down instead of banging on about how you're a vampire and you turned all these people into vampires and you might regret it and your dad was a fucking clergyman. Get her home to bed. Stop talking her ear off. So Carlisle just says that Edward's dad died of the influenza, RIP, and then Elizabeth was super worried about her son. And so she was dying from the fever, but she says to him, save him. And he says, I'll do everything in my power. And so then she's like, yeah, you must. Everything in your power. 
And she must have been like winking at him on the deathbed, being like, I know you're a vampire. Turn him into a vampire. Or at least that's how Carlisle took it. She said, do everything in your power. Meanwhile, he's a doctor. She could have been talking about a freaking vaccine, but but Carlisle's like, she must be talking about the vampirism. He said, for one instant, I felt certain that she knew my secret. And then the fever overwhelmed her and she died. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> and then he looked at Edward, who was dying, and he's like, oh, well, she wants me to. She knows I'm a vampire, allegedly, wink, wink. So he acted on a whim. He wheeled his mother to the morgue and then came back for Edward and then wheeled him to the morgue. No one noticed that he was still breathing because, you know, they, their patient to doctor ratios weren't good. <laughs> no one was keeping tabs on all of those patients. And he says the morgue was empty of the living at least, which is not how you describe a morgue generally, but okay. So he, he steals Edward's body out the back door of the morgue and then carried him across the rooftops to his home. Across the rooftops. That's not very subtle. Oh my God. And then we get a little tidbit that I guess Carlisle didn't really know what he was doing. So he recreated all of the wounds that Carlisle had when he turned into a vampire. And he says, I felt bad about that later. It was more painful and lingering than necessary. <laughs> Wasn't he trampled by like a horde of people or something? Like, what did he do to this poor boy dying of influenza? And then Edward reappears. And he says, Alice will give you a change of clothes, then I'll take you home. But he's got this edge in his eyes and she's really worried about it. And she says to Carlisle, he's very upset. And Carlisle says, yes. (laughs) Carlisle says, tonight is exactly the kind of thing that he fears the most. You being put in danger because of what we are. 
And she goes, it's not his fault. And I, I mean, it kind of is. He kind of could have just moved to Alaska, got on with his life and not come back to Forks High, but he did. So it is kind of his fault. And then she notices Esme's bleaching the floor, trying to get all the blood out. And she's like, oh, let me do that. And I'm like, Bella, stop taking your responsibility for every little thing. Edward threw you into a pile of plates. It's not your fault. Don't clean up your own blood. So she gets a shirt of Esme's that's the same color as what she was wearing before. And she's like, oh, Charlie won't notice. And I'm thinking, won't you notice the bandage on your arm? But she says, Charlie was never surprised to see me bandaged. So he's just going to ask no questions when she comes in with a big bandage on her arm. Like, happy birthday, Bella. Charlie's not a good parent. I always thought he was the good parent compared to Renate, which he is, but he's still not a good parent. And she asks Edward how Jasper's doing and Jasper's not doing very well. He's very embarrassed. And she goes, it's not his fault. Tell him I'm not mad at him, won't you? I would be mad at him. You just got a paper cut. He should be able to control himself. So then they get into the car and they just ride in silence back to her place. And then finally, as he gets onto the freeway, she's like, say something. And he's like, what do you want me to say? In a detached voice. And she's like, forgive me. And he's like, forgive you? For what? She is so insufferable. And he's like, it's not your fault. If you'd cut yourself at Mike Newton's house, nothing would have happened. And he just goes on a full rant about how it's not her fault. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's not her fault, stop yelling at her. And he mentions Mike Newton a bit. And she's like, um, how did Mike Newton end up in this conversation? And he's like, Mike Newton ended up in this conversation because Mike Newton would have been a whole lot healthier for you to be with. And she says, I'd rather die than be with Mike Newton. And you know what? You can call him Mike. They're all just using his full name, his full birth name, Mike Newton. And she'd rather die than be with Mike Newton. What a slap in the face for poor Mike Newton. I mean, he's a good kid. Oh, and by the way, have you seen that the actor who plays Mike Newton in Twilight, how you like him to rain girl, he's on OnlyFans now. So that's something. That is something. If you were really into Mike Newton in the movies, and let's face it, who was? <laughs> now you can watch him on OnlyFans. I don't know what type of content it is. I'm not subscribing. Uh, I hope there's, there's some shots of pain, at least. At least, I hate all these celebrities who are like, I'm on OnlyFans, and then they're not showing anything. Like, okay, if I'm gonna pay eight bucks a month, I'm gonna need to see you blow someone, right? (laughs) Is it just me? (laughs) Surely it's not just me. Oh, but I'd rather watch Mike Newton blow his load than read the rest of this chapter. It is so boring. So they get to her house and she's like, will you stay tonight? And she has to convince him a little bit. And he's like, oh, all right. So he takes a presence and he goes up to a bedroom to meet her there. So she goes inside and Charlie's like, Belle? And she says, hey, dad. (laughs) And he's still watching the game. His eyes are on the TV. He's not, not even turning around to look at her. And he says, how was it? And she says, oh, you know, Alice went overboard. I got a stereo for my truck. Oh, I'm calling it a night. And he says, okay, see you in the morning. And she says, see ya. And I was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell him about the big bandage on your arm. And then he must catch catch a glimpse of it in the corner of his eye. He looks out and he says, oh, what happened to your arm? So I don't know, maybe it was a timeout. There was an ad break in the game or something because he finally looked up and looked at his daughter and she says, oh, I tripped. And he says, classic Bella. He doesn't actually say classic Bella, but he says Bella and sighs and shakes his head. So that's a classic Bella type vibe. 
So she hurries up to the bathroom. Apparently she keeps a spare pair of PJs in the bathroom now for just when Edward's over. Because I guess she was embarrassed by her sweatpants. So she's, she's jazzing it up with some lingerie. So she goes back to her bed. He's there. And they're going to open the present from Esme and Carlisle. And it's in a long rectangular box. Which is just so extra because they open it up and it's plane tickets to Jacksonville. Like, okay, that could have fit in a card. You didn't need to put it in a box. Like, I appreciate the effort in the presentation, but I mean, you could have just done a printout of a ticket and shoved it in an envelope. Like, who are you trying to impress? But yeah, it's flight tickets to Jacksonville and she's all excited. It's a voucher for plane tickets. I don't know. I don't know how the voucher system works. Is it just like an IOU? Is that what that is? Like, or do they actually like purchase a voucher for a flight. Can you do that? Can you just purchase a voucher for a flight? I don't know, but that's what she's got. And she's excited, but she's like, oh no, it's sunny there. You're going to be all right if you have to stay inside all day. And he's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And he's like shocked that she's so happy about it. And then she opens Edward's present. And remember, he wasn't allowed to spend money on her. So following Esme and Carlisle's present, like it's going to be shit. And it's just a clear CD jewel case with a blank silver CD inside. He pulls out a CD player and she pops it in and then, and then presses play. And there's, oh God, there's music. <laughs> That's what it says. Then the music began. Like, well, fucking duh. When you press play on a CD player, music's going to play. But she's speechless because uh, it's Edward playing the piano. And she loves it. She's like, oh, you couldn't have given me anything. I would have loved more because it's his compositions and it's her lullaby. Blah, blah, blah. Like he can play it for her anytime, but now it's on a CD. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Listen to a CD? It's 2006. It's time to get an iPod. And so he says, how does your arm feel? And she says, just fine. And then she says, actually it was starting to blaze under the bandage. And so here we go. Her just putting her health second to, to not wanting to anger Edward. It's just, it's a toxic relationship. But anyway, he goes downstairs and gets her some Tylenol and some ice and some water. And she's worried that Charlie will notice, but he's like, Charlie doesn't notice anything. <laughs> so then he tucks her into bed and they're still listening to his compositions. And she's like, what you thinking about? <laughs> and he says, I was thinking about right and wrong, actually. And she's like, rot roll. <laughs> That's not a good idea. And so she tries to distract him from thinking about right and wrong by saying, kiss me. And then they kiss. <sighs> and Edward's careful as ever, but her heart's racing. Uh, huh, huh. And then his kiss is really urgent. She falls back on a pillow and then she's like, hmm, something tugged at my memory, elusive, on the edges. And, oh, what's that going to be about? And she says, kiss me again. And he says, you're overestimating my self-control. And she says, what's tempting you more, my blood or my body? (laughs) Which is a weird little come on line. And he says, it's a tie. So he's saying he's attracted to her body. They're getting a bit more sexual. That's fun. And then she was halfway asleep when she realized what his kiss had reminded her of. And it was last spring when he'd had to leave to throw James off of the trail. Edward had kissed her goodbye, not knowing if or when they would see each other again. And this kiss had the same almost painful edge to it. And she shudders into unconsciousness as if she were already having a nightmare. And that's the end of the chapter. But I'm thinking... Can you really get all that from a kiss? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that kiss has a painful edge to it. I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if it did, Bella. I think it might be all in your head, but obviously it's not all in her head. But also she's projecting. I, I don't know. She's just really frustrating. And this was a horrible chapter. <laughs> so shit. And this book's only going to get worse from what I remember. It's just, 
It's a slog. It's a depressed little slog. <sighs> Can't wait for chapter three. <laughs> oh, and the next chapter's called The End. Oh, God. He's gonna break up with her. Here we go. Strap yourselves in. Are you looking forward to the end? Let me know. Send me a tweet to at podbreakingdown or nathanbrown90. You can also check out us on Instagram, which is Breaking Down Bad Books. Or you can go to breakingdownbadbooks.com for all of the links and contact information. And the Patreon, if you wanted to get in on the 365 days recaps, that's patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. And I'll see you next week for the end. Yay. (laughs) I mean, I wish it was the end. Chapter three, the end, I'd be great. That's the book over. But no, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Bye. Welcome to Puffcast, your bi-weekly Harry Potter podcast run by Puffs. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Do you like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Are you looking for a fun, stress-free place to just have a good conversation, play some silly games, and hear from some great guests? Yes, please tell me more. Oh boy, well then this podcast is for you. We would like to invite you to join our happy common room. Get comfy, have some pizza, make new friends, and be part of the conversation. All houses are welcome. You can find podcasts every other Wednesday on all platforms where podcasts are found. So we'll see you in the common room. And until then, stay puffy and badger on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.